0: Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free.
1: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
0: How How does he know my name? How does he know my name? My full name? Holy shoot, sickles. This is terrifying. This is... dire. The time, how does he... How do you find out the time a photo is taken?
2: A picture is worth a thousand words? Try A Picture Could Be Worth Your Entire Identity. Hey everyone, and hi Lara. It's Manoush Samarodi and Note to Self, the tech show about being human.
0: Somewhat unnerving. He got it exactly. <laughs> he got it exactly right. That's
2: really crazy. GPS coordinates. This week, some brave listeners learn just how much can be figured out about them from a single anonymous photo. Look, sure, our phones have tapped into our more narcissistic impulses. We all know that taking photos of ourselves and our lunches and our everything all the time and then just posting them up into the ether. We're all just trying to connect, right? Share a piece of ourselves and our lives with the people we love. But even we didn't realize quite the extent that a camera can capture more than just an innocent selfie. In fact, just being a person in the world will soon mean your every move can be documented and turned into data. And those shots of your last vacation... Aren't merely memorializing a moment in time. They can be a window into your entire life. Take it from Andreas Feigand.
1: I would say 10 billion pictures get uploaded a day.
2: Andreas is a physicist who studied neural networks at Stanford. He worked at the legendary Xerox PARC and then became Amazon's chief data scientist. Now he teaches at UC Berkeley and Stanford, where he runs the Social Data Lab. And he has a new book out called Data for the People, How to Make Our Post-Privacy Economy Work for You. Yeah, he's right up our alley note to self-listeners.
1: If you think, Manoj, what is the value of data? And I think the value of data is to help people make decisions.
2: When Andreas worked at Amazon, he used your data to help you find something else to buy. It's part of the deal when you create an Amazon account and hand over your credit card, right? And if you've been listening to the show recently, you know that we give up a lot when we post and click. But uh, sometimes it's hard to know exactly what we give up, especially when it comes to photos. So we asked Andreas to do a little experiment with us. We told him, we'll send you photos from a few note-to-self listeners, and you tell us what you can figure out. Just from the JPEGs, Andreas accepted our challenge, and boy was it eye-opening. All right. So, Andreas, photo number one. I will just describe it for our listeners. This is a attractive young woman. She has a knit cap on. She has long brown hair. She's smiling right into the photo. And behind her is a lake, and there's a big rock with a mermaid statue on it. So the location's pretty easy to figure out. I saw it, and I was like, oh, Copenhagen, right? Um, yes. Okay. But what else... Can you figure out
1: Well, we know that she took the picture on an iPhone 5 on Friday, October 10, 2014 <laughs> at 2:18 2 p.m. And as you said that location here is very easy unless she photoshopped it.
2: Is there any way that you can confirm that she definitely was there?
1: Yes, indeed. The GPS is consistent with her being in Copenhagen.
2: So you know where she was, you know when she took it, you know how she took it. Can you use it to figure out who this person is?
1: Um, Just if you take an image like this and you go into Google, open up Images, the Images tab, and just drag and drop the picture in there. If Google has seen that picture elsewhere, it will show you the context in which that picture was shown. She happens to be using the same picture on her Facebook and her LinkedIn. So there it is. That's her name and her story.
2: So you know her name.
1: We know her name. Julia, and she went to the Parsons School of Design. That's
2: right. (laughs) You're right.
0: (laughs) I was definitely at the Little Mermaid statue in Copenhagen. And it's not that that's like a crazy secret location, but I just think it's crazy that you could find the GPS location.
2: Thumbs up, one for one right now. Okay, number two. This is a picture of teeth. Literally teeth. Like, there are these metal things pulling the lips apart, so, I don't know, maybe the guy's at the dentist, he has some facial hair, but we don't know. Just teeth. What do you know, though, Andreas?
1: So, Longitude-latitude metadata putting into Google Maps tell us that this picture was taken at the School of Dentistry at the University of Missouri in Kansas City. Correct. I saw right even where in that building the picture was taken.
2: Wait, you knew where in the building the photo was taken?
1: I looked up the geolocation. It was on the east, pretty much on the east side of the building.
2: Okay, that's crazy. Go on.
1: The phone was a uh, Samsung Galaxy S6 Edge. <laughs> that one is specific about Verizon, so we know that the owner of the phone uses Verizon as their network.
2: That, okay? Yeah. So you figured out quite a bit. This is actually Gavin.
0: Yes, he got it. Exa- <laughs> he got it exactly right. Where I was uh, in the right part of the building. Yes, he's right exactly about the, the phone that I was using, and he's right about even the color. It's mind-boggling how fine the data is at this point. I posted it as my profile pic on Facebook for a little while, and then I had a bunch of my friends say, God, take that down. And uh, one friend of mine who's an orthodontist said, dude, you, uh, you got to get some stuff looked at.
2: <sighs> okay, moving on to number three. There is a woman... She seems like she's on a beach somewhere. She has a towel wrapped around her. She's standing on rocks, and she's sort of like laughing. It's very picturesque, the landscape, but I did not recognize it.
1: I didn't recognize it either, but I could plug the geolocation into Google Maps, and it told me it was south of Cape Town. So in South Africa, very far away from here, about as far south as you can go in South Africa. And it pinpointed the location exactly on the beach. I know that she is a history and English teacher in Rhodes she went to Rhodes University and where she lives in Cape
0: Town area. He's got the location. Eerily accurate location. He's got time. How how does he know my name? And then when you know my full name, you can look up the rest of the stuff. LinkedIn, I know it's public. Twitter, it's public. This is terrifying. And not at all the kind of feeling I was expecting. I was expecting something like, you know, a magic trick or something. But this
2: is dire. Oh, my goodness. Okay, last one. It looks like there's three motorcycles parked in a parking lot, And behind the motorcycles is a very large statue of a fish.
1: Yes. So that fish is a giant statue of a pike fish. And it's at the Concourse Wayside Park in Garrison, Minnesota. (laughs) And why do I know this? That wall-eye statue is quite unique, and many pictures, it turns out, are taken of it. So if you use the Google public image search tool and you just take that image of the fish, dozens of pictures, many of them with a description, actually show up.
2: Any guesses about what's going on in this photo?
1: I guess it's probably three people who took uh, a trip on a Sunday afternoon and there's still some snow on the ground so it was February 17, 2017 and I think they probably took an outing but now I'm curious what did I miss? Hi, my name is Kurt and I live in Minnesota. The information about the time and the place and what we were up to on that Sunday afternoon was spot on. Kind of makes me want to climb back into my man box and hide from the prying eyes. <laughs>
2: and his picture was taken with the iPhone 6S, but you knew that already, mm-hmm. didn't you? hmm Yeah. <laughs> so I of all of these, it's it's interesting to me you knew where these people were, you knew what device they had, you knew what time of day it was, simply by the metadata. And then, of course, there were the things that you saw in the pictures. And and when you combined the actual photo and all the metadata, you could pretty much figure out exactly who they were, where they lived, what they did for a living. It's pretty amazing, actually.
1: If you had access to somebody's geodata for instance, through their mobile phone, as Apple does it, then they even know whether you walk faster than you normally walk or whether you walk slower, more slowly than you normally do. So the power really and the danger is of stitching together data that individually are pretty innocent.
2: Okay, so that's what Andreas can figure out about you here and now based on one innocent photo. By the way, you can see one of those photos, the one of Gavin's teeth at note notetoselfradio.org. When we come back, exactly what can happen when photo data gets combined with other kinds of information? The future of photography. It's after the break. Stick with us. It's Note to Self, I'm Manush Zamarodi, and we've been talking to Andreas Feigend, Amazon's former chief data scientist and the author of the book Data for the People. With your help, dear listeners, Andreas has been demonstrating exactly what information gets packed into our photos, especially now that companies are getting so good at facial recognition. But Andreas says they don't even need your face to figure out who you are.
1: So... I did check in at a pub in Menlo Park and I was there with a friend and the picture which I took of him was very blurry. But Facebook suggested, oh, this is your friend. And for a moment I was surprised. How is it possible such a picture with such poor resolution to actually figure out who it is? Then I realized that, of course, Facebook knows where I am because my phone transmits it. And Facebook knew where he was. Facebook knew that we had been sitting together here for the last hour. So that made it actually trivially easy to say, hey, is that that friend of yours?
2: I understand that there's a way of stitching together all the images or video that is picked up by CCTV. So, you know, little cameras, uh, videotapes made on street corners and in buildings, putting it all together and figuring out who someone is, not because you can see their face, but just by the way that they walk. Is that true?
1: That is absolutely true. There's a company in the UK that does shoe recognition. They just look at people's shoes. And that shoe analytics allows them to trace people and maybe even to figure out that people with brown shoes are much more likely to do X than people with black shoes.
2: And what about Jetpack? This is another company that I found really fascinating, which Google acquired a few years ago, right?
1: Jetpack is an amazing company. Pete Warden, who ran the company, he took images and then he figured out, for instance, who goes to certain establishments. And that sounds pretty cool if you're talking Brooklyn. But then he realized that he could also find out where the gay bars are in Tehran. And that's when it gets scary that individually a picture might not Carry that much information. But if you combine enough pictures, then particularly in a government which is not particularly tolerant, it might become very difficult for minorities. The data is there. The question is what do we as a society want to do with those data? Do we want to have a better gay guide for visiting Tehran, or do we worry about the government? doing negative things about the people there.
2: Yeah, in a country like Iran, it's a very stark choice that you're making.
1: I mean, even if you think, I mean, I was born in Germany. Germans tend to trust their government, but tend to distrust companies. And here I think it's the other way around. I think I do trust Google or Amazon. Do I trust the government, particularly now?
2: Hmm. I mean, we live... For now, in a, in a country that's pretty open and free, do you get any sense that this sort of information is being used in other countries to persecute people?
1: I had an absolutely wonderful meeting last week in Beijing with Josh Chin, who writes for the Wall Street Journal. He wrote last year about Sesame Credit, the social credit score that China has, that social credit score takes lots and lots of information and puts it together into one number that characterizes the user. Like in the United States, we have the FICO score, which helps companies decide whether to lend you money and maybe at what terms. So in China, you are maybe jaywalking minus one point. You are are shoplifting minus five points. You are selling counterfeit goods on Taobao plus 100 points because that clearly shows that you're an active member of society (laughs) and you know how to deal with money. (laughs) What we are now faced with is what are the philosophical problems? What society do we want to live in? If you had all the data of the world... Readily at your fingertips, how would you use them to make decisions?
2: Hmm. And what do we tell people? Do we say, stop taking photos or turn off your GPS? Or do we say to the companies, um, you have to change? Or is this about regulation? What is the answer here?
1: So, regulation indeed is one of the answers. But, Manush, in the bigger picture, it is not about the data set. It is not about the tool set. It's not even about the skill set. It is about the mindset. How can those data help us make better decisions? Better decisions for ourselves, not based on the metric of a company, but based on our own metric, based on our own equation of life with our own trade-offs. And I want people to be aware of those trade-offs. You might have taken all the precautions you can by turning off GPS, etc. However, the telephone company of course has to know where your phone is so they can actually connect you. And there is nothing you can do about it. I mean, you can turn your phone off, you can throw your phone away, But that way, you deprive yourself of the benefit of using the phone. If after listening to us here talking about photos, if people think about what they can get out of it or how the photos they took might help them make a better decision. If only one step changes, I think we did a good job.
2: Okay, well, I accept that one. Andreas Weigand, thank you so much. Thank you, Manoj. Clear, folks, there are some amazing things being accomplished with the help of photos, particularly in the medical world, like diagnosing rare genetic conditions. So it's not like we're trying to say, oh no, don't post photos of yourself or the privacy boogeyman's going to come get you. It's more just like, hey, you should know that when you post a picture, it's not just the photographic image that you're putting out there. Everyone needs to know how easy it is to be found and analyzed and seen in this world by data. And, of course, this is something that we went into a lot just a few weeks ago with our Privacy Paradox series. If you found this episode helpful and it got you thinking about just how much information you give away when you post that vacation picture, check it out. It's a week-long series of podcasts and challenges where you learn how to take more control over your online identity, one step at a time. It's fun. It's easy to do. We've heard it's extremely informative. And you can check it out at privacyparadox.org. The Note to Self team is Jen Poyant, Kat Aaron, Megan Cunane, and Joe Plord. Note to Self is a production of WNYC Studios. I'm Manoush Samarodi. Thank you so much for listening. Okay. All right.